The Right Time with Bomani Jones is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. Check him out. He produces uh, Canty and Carlin uh, afternoons on ESPN Radio. Y'all know, man. Shannon Penn, what's going on, man? I like that whole formal introduction. To you, <laughs> good, man. man, it's been a minute, you know what I'm saying? Like, that you know, I, I gotta remember, we got some newbies that don't necessarily know what the game is, you know what I'm saying? So, we just kind of had to give them as opposed to everybody else, where it's just like, hey, Shannon, all <laughs> right, right. Well, well, I appreciate you guys having me on on the eve of a very what could be a very uh exciting NBA offseason if it hasn't already started with some of the moves. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. It's interesting when you talk about, like, the offseason. And we talk about the draft, the offseason, and we got a couple other fun things we're going to get to. Um, But with LeBron in the whole 2010 summer, like, free agency became the thing, right? But this is a year where free agency really isn't that cracking. Like, we got some names that are in it, but, like, we don't think Kyrie is going to go anywhere. James Harden ain't going to make me believe that he's punting on a championship and going to go back to Houston, right? Uh, Draymond Green, I feel like we know where he's going to wind up, but now it's all right. about the trade game, right? Like, that's that's the whole move. Brad Beal winds up uh, going to Phoenix for a pocket full of, I don't even want to call them stones. Like, when I say he got <laughs> traded for a pocket full of rocks, I just mean like regular rocks, like gravel rocks, <laughs> you know? Like, like, like they, like they he just, he just, he just over there now. Chris Paul winding up. Con- best contract, look. Look, Brad Bill, best contract in sports. Like the full no trade. Like the no. full no trade. Not just like not just the one time no trade, like the full no trade for the duration of this contract. And that's before we get to the fact of the $50 million a year he just Brad Beal. <laughs> well, at least for him, he can come in and just be the, the third guy. He doesn't have to worry about coming into another situation where he has to be the savior or even the second guy. He's he can come in to your point and just be Brad Beal. And yes. like, just do the things that you do. Yes. And if it goes horribly wrong, it's going to be Katie's fault. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think that's an interesting thing with Beal also, that he's in a place where he's probably supposed to be the second or third best player on a championship team. And now he is in a place to be the third. I, I mean, I've said this and people have rolled their eyes at me being like, he's the third or fourth best player because we're also down on eight right now. And I totally get it. But Beal. Right. All Bill's doing is getting you buckets. Like, that's it. And I just don't know what the value is of a guy that really is only getting you buckets in at that size. Like, he's not small, but he's not Devin Booker, you know? Right. Not to mention, too, I think this will be interesting for him because now, like, I want to see how he plays. Yeah, he's a vet, but not when the when everybody's watching now. Because before, when you were in Washington, nobody was checking right. for you. Like, yeah, it was a cute story, like, come-up story early on with you and, and, and John Wall. But nobody was really checking for that. So now, now what type of player are you going to be when you're expected to play well, when you're going to be playing on prime time all the time, and now you're going to be criticized and talked about on talk talk radio and on television every day because that's what's going to be like game yes. in game out now like all the focus and attention now is going to be on the phoenix Suns. 
Like, yeah. And I'm sure that, that works out perfectly for the Denver Nuggets because they're going to play until this, hey, no one believes in us narrative storyline or whatever again next year because all the focus is going to be on what happens in Phoenix and rightfully so. Let's keep it real. People did not believe in them. I was as high on them as anybody. And it took me a minute to be like, oh, championship though, huh? Like, like we're going to, you know, I was like, they have a very good chance to win a championship. Are they going to win it? I had to be all here with Nick and he was just on that being a jerk about Jokic thing to finally be like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. They go win it. But whoo. Right. And that's not, and, and, and I want to say this too, like, and I don't care Kate for the media, but like, that's not really our fault either. Like, yes, Jokic won two MVPs or whatever, but like nobody was really watching him. Like we do this for a living. Like we, we, we create content day in and day out. We wasn't really checking for them. Like, 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 okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, all right, cool. They got past first round. They were supposed to. Oh, they swept the Lakers. Oh, they, they were supposed to, you know, when they beat Phoenix, they swept the Lakers. Okay, now we'll take them seriously. But until that point, nobody was really checking for them. No, the been, there before, yeah, the been there before thing matters, right? Like, I was thinking back to 91, the first time that Jordan made it to the finals. And I remember mm -hmm. that everybody around me, and I, again, I was 10 years old, so I'm not pretending like I had some sort of expert opinion. <laughs> but everybody around kind of had the same premise, which was the Lakers have done this a zillion times, right? Magic was still at the top of his game. James Worthy was not, but he was still James Worthy. But they had dudes that had been there. AC Green, you know, a couple other them cats. They'd been there before, and that's what people thought. And the Nuggets had that trip to the Western Conference Finals, but then they had two years where they were decimated, or two postseasons where they didn't have Jamal Murray. And so now nah, people kind of sort of needed to see it. That being said, I do understand feeling disrespected that every round after the first one, people were like, oh, I think we can figure something out with Phoenix. Hey, you know, I think those Lakers, the Lakers that we thought were <laughs> going to finish as the 12 seed, now you thought they was really going to get out here. LeBron on one leg. And y'all really thought that they was going to beat the Nuggets. Nuggets had to, had to put that straw on them. Like, folks really did talk themselves to the Lakers, though, because I do remember, it was like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute now. Like, the regular season was one thing, but AD fully focused every game now, not just every other game. Nah, right. that wasn't happening. <laughs> and it wasn't even just like TV producers, right, who would just try to find the thing to make it happen. Like, respected people were really like, look, these Lakers, I think they're going to die, die, die. I don't think nobody feel that way about the Lakers in the playoffs next year. Right. But everybody no. somehow and they, they should feel better about them next year because that team only played together for like two weeks. Right. And then the interesting thing, too, that I look at the Lakers and I, I want to ask you, though, like the, the Kyrie Irving rumors are going to be out there. Do you think he'll go to the Lakers or is it best? Does he stay and try to figure it out with Luca? Like, is this is this one? Does it work on the court with LeBron and Kyrie? Then, two, are they now far removed enough where? They hashed out all the beef and everything before, and that was the past, and that was, hey, Kyrie was a younger player when they were Cleveland. Like, like looking at Kyrie's offseason, as we continue to look at offseason, do you see him and LeBron working this time in L.A.? I could see it working on the personality level because I think that Kyrie learned some lessons after he left Cleveland. And I definitely think one thing that happened to Kyrie was he realized that uh, being the man of the house is a little bit overrated. Right. Like he doesn't actually want to do that. He, I feel like he learned he just wanted the respect of somebody being willing to say you the man of the house. But he ain't actually trying to fix nothing. He ain't trying to pay no bills. You know, right. like the bills, are still, the bills are still coming. <laughs> you can't just be out here writing post dated checks. Like, right. The bills right. are still going to need to get paid. Right. He, he, he was not trying to be resident. You know what I'm saying? Like he did not <laughs> want to be the person that when the mail come to the house, it all go to him. He didn't want to be that guy. The problem I have with the idea of him going to the Lakers which is very similar to my thing with Brad Beal, who hasn't played over 60 games. 
since 2019. You keep having these guys who don't play that many games, and then you add another dude that doesn't play that many games. And I feel like we went into the postseason looking at teams like Denver and Sacramento, and we were trying to explain away their records by the fact that they were relatively healthy and say, well, they weren't actually that good. It's just that everybody else was losing players, and they had all those guys, had all their guys. Well, maybe having all your guys really helps when it comes time to get to the playoffs, right? Like Miami could perhaps be some measure of counterpoint, but maybe just maybe it's a good thing to have all your players and loading up on a bunch of dudes who miss a bunch of games is probably not the best idea because they probably going to get hurt in the playoffs. Take LeBron. I was like, there's no way I can see the Lakers winning a championship because it involved LeBron and AD being healthy for two straight months. And that didn't happen. LeBron was broken down by the end of it, where they got the Anthony Davis they hoped for. And it just didn't matter because he was playing against a great wall of Sambor. Sambor and he just, he wasn't losing, dog. Right. And I do I do think, like, the, the Kyrie thing is interesting, too, because, like, I do think, like, he has his own stuff with him. And we've talked about it in, in the past with Kung Fu Kyrie. And he makes things yes. a lot tougher than they have to be but from all accounts when you talk and hear from his teammates they all love him and that's the thing that that is interesting like the what is the realistic uh, expectations or perceptions of him within the locker room as opposed to some of the stuff that we hear on the outside so do yeah I, I do think too like is lebron willing to like look past some of the problems they had in the past and realize yo like i only got a couple more of these left you know and oh yeah like, oh at oh, the yeah. same time, do I do do I put that amount of stock though in in running this back with Kyrie? That's what's interesting to me. Oh, dude, LeBron ain't got no time for old beef right now. He <laughs> has <No>. this. This <laughs> is it. Look, you know, I've been saying this. I'm not sure LeBron's gonna play at the beginning of the season. Like, you're just gonna have a hard time making me certain that that foot injury and everything that he was dealing with that had him taking his shoes off in the middle of possession, laying on the floor while the fast break is going the other way, and he played on that for all those weeks. At his old ass age, you're just not going to convince me that this dude is going to be able to play at the beginning of the year. Like, I'm I'm, I'm very curious what it's going to be. Um, I tell you this, though, I can't wait for the next time that they play against the Nuggets. Mike Malone and the Nuggets have had enough of LeBron and his <laughs> attention hunting. And then LeBron had the nerve to get sensitive about it. Like, come on, like, put some names on it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like oh, either put some names on it or don't post it at all. Like, you can't be out here, LeBron, making these posts, and, and you're the victim. I'm over here minding my business. Now, put some, put some, put, put the name on it. Like, they called the Lakers out in their victory parade. Like, like say something, you know? If you had a problem with it, say something. Say the team, say the organization. Put some, put some, put some on that, you know? Don't just be out here haphazardly, I'm just minding my business, and I get, like, come on, what are we doing, you know? You grown now. You you grown. <laughs> You ain't minding your business that close because you was over in Europe and still had time to reply. Right, exactly. And 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 that's the frustrating part. It's like, yo, like, like LeBron, like, like, dude, like you're certified. We get that. Like, you don't have to like cover the stuff up. Like, yo, like, hey, we're motivated. We're coming back. I don't appreciate the disrespect and go from there. Like, come on, what are we doing? Dude, he he he's so accustomed to us looking at him. And he can't back away from that because this is actually something I think that's interesting about him kind of as a construction, you know, as a as a star, right? Like as the guy in the game. He is the first of those players to really lean into the attention that comes from social media, right? Because like when you think about it, the biggest star in the game is typically a bit reclusive. 
Right. He gives us way more than anybody else does because he really, really seems to love that drug of attention. He seems to really get into it. And so once they lost that series and then he started talking about, well, you know, I might retire and all of this. Come on, man. Everybody saw that for what it was. You trying to get people to look at you. And we had a few moments that popped up in the last couple months where it's just like, oh, there we go. The projects need or, to make sure. Or divert our attention away from you guys sweat. You know, yes, like that's yes. what that was like. It's like that. It's that. That was the beard for 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 Lakers getting swept, and we're talking about impact and legacy and all those other conversations that really don't matter. But that's essentially you diverting attention away from from AD not showing up and your team getting swept in the playoffs, and that's all that was. So then, of course, naturally for two weeks we have to you know speculate on LeBron's future. That's all that was. We know the game. Come on, spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Yeah, and speaking of diverting attention, you think Chris Paul fooling anybody? Or Chris Paul think he fooling anybody with him getting on these shows and whining about how ain't nobody tell him that he was going to be traded? He knew he was going to be traded, or at the very least, he knew something was going to happen because we got that word that they was thinking about uh, pink slipping him. Like, you remember right. that? That wasn't that long ago. Right. He knew that it was going down. He may not have known it was going to go down that day. And to be fair to the Suns, maybe the reason they ain't tell him is because he was on a plane, right? And I mean, look, maybe Chris Paul had a different kind of rich, right? Like, I seen that on Succession. They phones work on the plane, right? Like, they out there, they I, out there I cell phone. I saw that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> they cell phone in the friendly sky. So maybe, maybe he was in a position where he was able to do such a thing. I honestly don't know. I feel like he's diverted attention for the fact that everybody's like, yo, Brad Beal got traded for nothing. And Chris Paul was part of the nothing. Like when we said that they trade, and I don't think he's nothing, by the way. I don't think he can play a lot of games for you, but I don't think that he is like in the nothing category. But when he got up there and was like, I guess Matt and Isaiah wanted to go in a different direction. He knew what he was doing when he threw out the magic word, Isaiah. He knew that Bingo. that was the one that would make people pop up and be like, oh, and then we get on TV. Or I'm looking on TV and everybody asking questions like, oh, is Isaiah the shadow general manager of the Suns? And I'm like, ain't you been watching? You think Isaiah flew from Westchester to Phoenix just because him and that dude are friends for all of those games in the playoffs? You think I, you, you think that man ain't been Isaiah ain't been in that man's ear? From the very beginning, and you think that man didn't want Isaiah in his ear? Come on now, right? You remember too when they had the big th thing with uh, Jokic, right? Isaiah was sitting right next to the Phoenix when the whole Jokic thing went yes. down in the playoffs. Like Isaiah 
had been there. Like this, this to your point, this is not anything new. Like he knew exactly what he was doing when he had Isaiah in. I don't know what Chris Paul was doing. He should have read the tea leaves because you know once Isaiah comes in, that's what that's what it's gonna be. Like you know, shout out to James Jones or whatever. But like, hey, there's a new there's a new captain in town, and his name's <laughs> Isaiah. <laughs> Look, Chris Paul knew exactly exactly what all of this was, and he's he's in this tricky situation where he's trying to get a ring. Right. Right. And don't blame him at all. He's also played 18 years, which at that size is kind of amazing that you can still be even as good as he's been. He was last season at the age that he was like, he's not a top tier point guard anymore, but he's still really good. Right. Or I'd say pretty good at the very least. He still has things that he can bring you. Cool. But nobody who's trying to win is bringing Chris Paul in at $30 million a year. So what's left for him would he be willing to do what Westbrook did in that year in Washington where he was rah-rah guy, helped get the youngsters in line? You know, they had a season that they ultimately felt good about. They made it out of the play-in. They got to the playoffs. They had some good vibes at the end of it. Chris Paul ain't trying to do that, man. Chris Paul out here trying to win a championship, and I just don't see how his body going to hold up well enough to do that. And not to mention, too, remember, Chris Paul's been through this before with Oklahoma City. That's right. When he was traded with the big contract. I'm here for the rah-rah. We make a good, you know, playoff run like he did with OKC. And then he moved on to the team he actually wanted to play with. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether or not he accepts the buyout and then he can go and play with one of the L.A. teams. Or uh, from what I read, if if Washington can't get, you know, a suitable landing spot for him or work this out, they're more than comfortable riding this out with Chris Paul for that one year. Yeah, like he, I think he was willing to do it with Oklahoma City in part because that team was still good, mm-hmm. right? You know, they were a team that could make the playoffs. He'd been there for that year, and Presty, he knew. Like, he and Presty had made a deal. Like, look, man, you do this right, I'm going to do right by you. Everything will be cool, and it worked out. I don't know if Washington can give him the same level of assurance. The Washington Wizards, by the way, who have not won 50 games in my life. I'm 42 oh years old. <laughs> I turned 43 very soon. I've never seen the Washington Wizards win 50 games. And, and, and judging by this rebuild, you won't see it anytime soon either. No, no. I have <laughs> seen the Cleveland Browns in the AFC championship game. I have seen the Arizona Cardinals in a Super Bowl. Okay. I've seen the Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> yes. I've seen TCU in a national championship game. Like, think of all the wild things that you have seen in your life, and you have never seen the Wizards win 50 games. 50. I'm only talking about 50. I've seen the Atlanta Falcons go to two Super Bowls. I even saw them take a commanding lead in one. But we hadn't seen them actually win one. No, 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 no. I'll die before that happens. Like, like, I, 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 I got that. Come on now. That would, that, that would, that would, ain't, that would, ain't never going down. But the Isaiah thing, you're a Knicks fan. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that's what you do. By the way, congratulations on the season for real. Like, the Knicks, think about this. And I'm, you know, outside of like a couple of those mellow years and all the time that I've known you, which is now like 15 years, mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. was the, I mean, making it to the second round, like beating Donovan Mitchell after not trading for Donovan Mitchell. That like this is the most Nick optimism that there's been in a very long time. And a lot of that overlap is with the Isaiah era 
which I did not realize until yesterday, by the way, that when Stephon Marbury and Isaiah were beefing, that I, Stephon Marbury bought a house where Isaiah could see Stephon Marbury's house from his yard. Oh, my God. <laughs> please look, please don't remind me. Look, 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 I, look, I'm coming off a good season, all right? I don't need to bring back these bad memories. I have suppressed these memories on, like, the, the Larry Brown one season hired by Isaiah. That was that was awful. Like, I'm, I'm, past, I'm past that now. We're, we're moving on to the future. And, and that's what's – it's tricky for me, speaking of the future, because – well, you have some of these names that are out that we've talked about with the Zach Levines or the Zions, some of those guys that could be potentially out there. But I don't know if, if I'm the Knicks, if I want to move any of the core to get one of those guys. Like, yes, there's a ceiling on 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 um why is Nailing. escaping? There's Brunson. A, well, Brunson is good. Like, yeah. but there's a ceiling on like a lot of the other young guys and Randolph and 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 uh, RJ OB. Barrett and some. Uh, and Obi, oh, yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing. Obi might get traded tomorrow. But so, like, there's a there's a ceiling on those guys. But I, but I wanted just looking back at some of those mixed teams in the past where you've had during the Isaiah time where it was like, all right, well, we'll trade our young guys and bring in these vets who are making a lot of money who are going to be thirty plus. And so I'm I'm torn because yes, it's hard not to say, hey, we got a chance to get Zion. Do we make the run or do, or bring in you know some of these other guys? But then you look, it's like, do we really want Carl Anthony Towns? At fifty no, million a year, do no, we really want no, Zach Levine no, at fifty million no, a year? And, no. and that's my point. It's like if you can get these guys without giving up a lot, then possibly. But I doubt you're going to be able to to bring one of these guys in at 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 a, at a low number as far as what you have to you know trade out there. And obviously, if you're if you're putting with the Zion thing, the, the the thought is to keep RJ. So so where do you go? And that's where that's where I'm 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 kind of at a at a midpoint here because. Yes, there's a team that's good enough to make the playoffs, a team that's good enough to to, to win a playoff game, but I, I think that's playoff series, excuse me, but I, that seems to be the ceiling. And whether or not there's a guy that you can bring in that'll take you to the, you know, competing for conference championships without, you know, totally decimating your core or some of your assets. That's why I'm with the Knicks right now. I mean, you don't want Carl. I changed the history of the NBA. Anthony Towns to 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 come through. Dude, I'm trying. To, I'm Change trying to imagine. And I forget. I think it was Stephen A. who got on TV saying he'd rather have Carl Anthony Towns than Julius Randle. And I'm like, if you think that Julius Randle be getting his Eeyore on, moping around, I don't know what you think gonna happen when New York get his hands on Carl Towns. This ain't no, this ain't a city for people who use two different voices. This city don't respect that. <laughs> not to mention too like with randall like you at least you know what you're gonna get you know and with with towns he's too up and down not to mention too i think at this point towns is a guy without a position like he's built size wise like a you know a traditional center or whatever but now that his game is so so much centered around the the shooting from the outside i don't know what he does plus he can't play defense you can't you can't put him in a pick and roll he, he he's like he should be a big man, right? He has yes. the fame of a big man, but yet he plays more like a tall man. Tall man. So, so what do you do? Then you got to play in B four times a year. Are you really <laughs> willing to watch Carl Anthony Towns get beat up by Joel Embiid four times a year at fifty mil a year? Like that, that's where I'm at with it. Like I just, I, I, I can't invest what's needed to 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 have him here. And 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 he seems to have his radar up and the New York media, the whole thing. I just don't see this being New York being an ideal fit for for towns would it be a talent upgrade yes but I can see it going very badly very quickly 
This is my thing with the Knicks and teams of similar caliber at this point. It ain't ain't nothing wrong with being pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you'd like to have a team that could compete for a championship, but in the end, you want a pretty good team that's interesting and makes you feel good. And I feel like with Knicks fans, if there's a slow build toward getting there, I think that people will be okay with it. There just needs to be a look of some sort of forward momentum, right? Just just give reason right. to think that this is getting better. And that's why I thought them not making the big swing on Donovan Mitchell last year was such a good thing for them because it seemed to be just a recognition like, yo, we got something. Now, ain't none of us think Jalen Brunson was going to be this, period. Like, we all need to be real about that. None of us. Jalen Brunson, honestly, I always say, when you sign a contract, the day you sign is always going to be the happiest day that you are about that contract, no matter what. Like, if you can't be happy about it the day of, then it ain't going to work for you. If I were Jalen Brunson, I'd have been mad as hell about that contract within three months. Like, that dude has already outperformed a four-year contract. Already. Right. And then the beauty of that contract, too, is, like, he, the most money he would make on that contract was in the first year. Like, yeah. the, the, the the value of the contract goes down over these next uh, couple seasons, although I think he has a player option after the third season. So they're going to have to pony up the money again. But so then that leads – that question, too, is like, all right, you got two more years where you got great value on Brunson's contract. Can you do enough or build enough within that two years to make it work before you're going to have to pay him what he's really worth, which is in that 50 plus million dollar range? Yeah, let me tell you something. If this is football, he'd be holding out. <laughs> like, 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 like yeah, yeah, he'd be TO, right? I was like, look, man, y'all got y'all got to show me some respect. I I you know, you look, you see what I done here, you know what I did here. Y'all are gonna need to show your boy some respect. After one year, I'll play the value of my contract. Yes, <laughs> so yes, I need to pay me what I'm worth. <laughs> to quote the great Devin Hester, come on, man. That was the greatest. You remember we were doing radio for that, the greatest mm-hmm. holdout of all time when Devin Hester wanted to play receiver and want a receiver buddy, but he was a kick returner. But as a kick returner, he scored more touchdowns than anybody else on the team. And then he just didn't come to camp. And they asked him, and he said, Man, I can't be playing for no eight hundred thousand dollars. Come on, man. <laughs> I was I but speaking of guys, as we talk about the Knicks, right? What what was we're we'll get into all the stuff with Zion in a second. But would you have a problem, or would you be scared off with everything that he's dealing with, putting him in a, a place like New York? With no, Zion? no. And the reason is, I think that all those eyeballs would shame him into getting his shit together, right? Because I think the thing I said on the show last week was, what you think is more likely, Zion grows up or Jalen Brown learns to dribble. Because I think it's more likely that Zion grows up. And I feel like all this stuff that's going on with him right now, if that ain't the shock to the system, to him about what he's got to do to truly make this happen in the league and what your peers think about you and everything else, now is the time. Like, if I'm the Knicks, I don't know how much I'm willing to give up, but the ceiling on Zion is top three, if not best player in the NBA. There just aren't that many guys that I can say that about. Like what I was looking at, he he's averaged in his career what almost twenty six points a game, seven rebounds, shooting sixty percent from the field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you see it, and that's the, and that's and that's why as a Knicks fan, like I'm so torn because yes, you have the amount of games that he's missed, and essentially he's missed what two thirds of his career mm-hmm. so far. But when you see him actually in there, and he makes he has that impact on the game 
on both ends of the both ends of the court. And you see the promise there. And it's like, all right, this dude was a legit, you know, legit all-star, all-NBA caliber player. And right now, for the exception as for the Knicks, with the exception of Brunson getting to that level, you really don't have that. Yes, I know Randall made 13, but like, come on. Like, you got a guy who has first team all NBA potential. And as you, as you said, if he has the eyeballs there and he can be, you know, have this, you know, change come to God moment or whatever. And he realized, hey, I need to get my stuff together. This is a dude that can be your franchise player for the next decade. And then yeah. that's and that's the part that's intriguing for him. And he wants to be there, too. Like, that's another thing I think. The, the extra motivation for him is that he wants to be there. Like, like the eating the beignets was cool for the first couple <laughs> years in New Orleans, but it's like, all right, now I'm trying to like actually get my stuff together, you know? Yeah, and I think like with cats like Brunson, because I think I think a big issue in New Orleans, and I think these teams eventually are going to figure this out, man. You can't have all children. That doesn't work. You got to have some grown ups on your team. You got to have somebody to kind of help these cats navigate and figure this out. And they send Zion down there and he ain't have none of that. Right. And this isn't the only team that we've seen have that problem. What I think is interesting, you know, we've talked about the 2019 draft where you've seen the um, the fake 30 for 30 poster uh, guns and buns. The top two picks of the 2019 <laughs> draft uh, with John Barrett and Zion at, at, at the top of that bad boy. Zion, as I think about this. Hey, man, we knew who he was going into that draft, right? We hadn't seen John Moran as much. We knew who he was. Shannon, we are very familiar with Big Vic in this draft. Do you know who any of these people are in this draft after the top three? I don't like, know who I was, none of I was, these dudes are. I was sitting here taking notes, and I'm like, all right, cool. Let me you know, make some notes on some of these draft dudes that we got coming up. And like my, my notes stopped after the second line. <laughs> it's like it's like Wimby Scoot Miller. That's all I got. And I know we joke in the past, like a lot of times with some of these drafts, like it's only a two-player draft or three-player. No, 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 no. This is actually a three-player draft, and that's it. And, and this is how you know it's a three-player draft because I look at the cops on some of these other dudes, and it's like role players. Like, <laughs> like he cool and everything, but I'm not taking them fourth overall. You know, no, I wasn't gonna name one of these NBA players because some of them still in the league, but like that ain't impressed me. Like one of the cops was like a good Ben Simmons. And then like that's the ceiling is a good Ben Simmons. No, I don't want that. No, thank I, you. I'm good. Dude, because of what has happened with college basketball and these dudes going playing all these places. I ain't yeah. never heard of any of these cats, man. Like this is becoming like the baseball draft where I'm watching the draft on Thursday night to see who gets traded. You know how mad I'm going to be? Let me tell you this, because, you know, we normally record the Fosworth Friday episode on Thursday morning, but the draft is Thursday night, so we're going to wait till after the first round because you never know what might happen in the course of the draft. You know how mad I'm going to be if nobody get traded in that draft and I just waited to stay up all night for what? For what? Ain't nothing. I don't know what to talk about in that draft. I don't know who any of those people are. So, so we'll, we'll get to some of the trades in a second, but I do want to ask you, like the the whole Wimby thing, right? Like, I just I just caught in like a dude that big, and then from everything that I've read, it's saying he's different. It's gonna, you know, game change, like all of the stuff. I get that, but with dudes that size, I worry about feet. You look at Yao in the past. You look at like Porzingis, who's had foot injuries. Like. Like, and I'm not wishing that because I want to see him play and shine and all of that. But I just wonder the, you know, the 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 the, the caution that you have to have, or 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 having a guy that size, you know. 
Yes. Look, I would just say and this. Then, and then, go ahead. Jodeci only made three albums. <laughs> but you go remember Jodeci forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jimi Hendrix right. only made three albums, right? Like, we might only get three, but them joints might be bangers, dog. Right. Bangers. <laughs> <laughs> And and and, and what, from from the interviews that I've like, so I looked at the interview he did with JJ Wright uh, earlier this week, and like he seems to be a very impressive young man, and actually has his stuff together, and and he seems to be built for this, and I'm and I'm hoping so because like Lord knows the San Antonio Spurs haven't had much luck with drafting players <laughs> number one overall, right? Dude, <laughs> you know it's been a little different in these last years since they got terrible, you know, once they got terrible. But before that run of terrible, I looked it up and they had only missed the playoffs like four times in 40 years or something like that. And the guys they took when they missed the playoffs were Alvin Robertson, David Robinson, Sean Elliott and Tim Duncan. Like that's that's when when it's time for them to go in the draft, they have better luck than anybody has ever had when it comes to that stuff. Nobody's ever had the luck that they had. They get that guy. and. I mean, we're going to see how long he feel like living in San Antonio. That's going to be its own discussion. But, bruh, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it is, even with Shaq, like, he's like, okay, you've never seen anything like Shaq before when he first hit the league, but you could kind of imagine it, right? Like, he's seven foot, he's 300 pounds, he's really quick. Big Vic got a bunch of stuff that you just never could imagine would go in the same sentence. And he'd be holding right. the ball with, like, two <laughs> fingers. I saw that. The, I saw him hold the baseball at the Yankee game yesterday. I'm like, what? <laughs> like this is different. Like this is different. Like this is different. No, nah, this is. I mean, he is like Ralph Sampson was this size, and I think that Big Vic is obviously going to get like bigger and stronger. But it was that clip where he right. was crossing that dude over, did a step back three, landed on one foot, immediately went forward and barely jumped to catch the tip dunk and put it back in like everybody's like yeah well Cassidy just gonna like you know muscle him off of his spot I mean you think they I mean yeah I think they're gonna try I think that seems like a, a halfway decent idea it's gonna work sometimes it ain't gonna work all the time and, and all this talk about like dudes muscling off of his spot is that even the NBA anymore like we're talking about like like this dude is entering the, the 80s NBA like right. that ain't that ain't this anymore. Yes, big guys are gonna be bigger, stronger. I get that weight programs, but this ain't like we're gonna be throwing it to him in the post and he's gonna be banging in the post with dudes. Like that ain't it anymore. And yeah. and eventually he's gonna get to a point where he can play at that, but that's not his game right now. So that that's what I don't get. Like the game, the game's not as physical as it was before. So so you can miss me with all of that. Well, I also think it's going to take some time before he's like a full-on great defender. But in the short run, it's going to be a whole lot of blocking people's shots from behind. Like, hey, go ahead. Go to the right. Go to the right. Up, 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 up. Got you. Got you. Got you. Right. And, and two, and he's probably going to be a great help defender, like you said, blocking shots from the from the weak side and all of that stuff and coming in and, and just learning how to play. And that, and that's my thing, too, like with, with all of this, whether it was him, Zion, any of these young guys when they come in the league and, he, and he's the next – you know, franchise, the next guy. We haven't seen anything like this before. Like, let these dudes develop. And I think so quickly, you know, because we're so critical and everything's under 
much of a, a, a microscope now. It's like once the guy comes out and he doesn't live up to the expectations right away or has a bad game or, or looks bad, like we're quick to say, hey, were, were we, well, you know, is it, like I don't want to throw out the word bust, but like like folks are willing to tear him down already. Like give this dude some time. He's what, 19, yeah. you know, coming from another country. Like, yes, he's had – you know, you know, relationships with other guys and 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 it's, and it's played at the professional level, but like you got to give them some time. You know, like we Big can't man. like like well, we're gonna get these jokes off. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but like we can't just already like go out here and say you know oh, he didn't look, he can't live up to the hype. Like chill with all of that. Just let me t- look, just enjoy it because while we got a play that we actually know. Yeah, let me tell you what I kind of want to see with him. They're, you know, they probably gonna vote him into a starter of the All Star game, and I would prefer that not happen actually. Cause I want to see him score like eighty in the rookie sophomore game. That that's right. that that's what I want to see is that right there. He gets out there just standing, standing flat footed, dunking. Just you know, he he could be the new Jokic where Jokic is like jumping. Why I can do everything from right here? Except it'll be different because this cat can do that and play above the rim at the same time. Absolutely. So two things here I want to get to you with the uh, with the draft, right? We'll get to Portland in a second because I think it's intriguing there. But look, second with Charlotte, right? And it looks like Brandon Miller is going to be the guy there. But with Charlotte and the whole Michael Jordan selling his ownership, how would, how do you look back at his time as owner? Because I, I can make the argument it was a very successful run. Like, yes, for him, the fact that he sold it for 10 times more than he he, he bought it. But, like, even so, like, yes – the Hornets aren't one of these names that you automatically think of, but it's in a much better place than it was when they were the Bubba Cats. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, it, <laughs> it at least has a cool vibe. You got LaMelo, a, a marketable star. You got great jerseys. You got the starter jackets. Like, you got all of that. It's in a much better place. So, yeah, how, how I, do you look back on Jordan's term? Yeah, like, I think we only really scrutinize him as owner in the way that we do because he's Michael Jordan. You know, like, we go around the league, and you start talking about owners of teams and how they've done or whatever. Like. People do not excoriate, say, Ted Leonsis in the way that they do Jordan. And the Wizards have, they, they had a couple of series wins or whatever, but they've only been marginally more successful. One thing I think that people need to remember about the Charlotte franchise is they've never had the number one pick. They had the worst team that we had ever seen up until that point and got the number two pick, Anthony Davis. And then Jordan made the bad call of taking Michael Kidd Gilchrist. But they weren't really like a whole bunch of superior options that were there. The thing that you and I understand that I don't think that people nationwide get is how bad things were for NBA basketball in Charlotte when Jordan got it. Because you go for the George Shin thing where the city was like, leave and take the whole league with you. We don't want that. Then you bring in Bob Johnson, who I was once told was making them cats pay for Gatorade. <laughs> I won't put it past them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's on brand, right? But they had that right. dude paying had dudes paying for Gatorade and then Jordan comes in what won the rebrand back to Hornets was very successful um the mellow I agree with you like there's a, some cause for optimism there but they had gotten so irrelevant like when when you and I worked on the radio in Raleigh and they would cover Bobcat do Bobcats games dude there were games that were getting zeros ratings in Raleigh which ain't that far which is a basketball place like people riding on the freeway and just flipping, looking for something, and they get in the Bobcats, and they turn it off. Like, they had and no not to mention too. two hours away. And not to mention, too, like, the Bobcats were purposely drafting Carolina and Duke players. Yes. Like, they were drafting Raymond Felton and Sean May and Gerald Henderson. Like, they were purposely drafting dudes that already had 
identified that the, the fans were identified with and folks would feel like, nah, I'm good. No, they had no interest in that. So, no, things are better. If you were looking for that team to be a winner at this point, no, they haven't been that. And you could put that on Mike if you want, but he hasn't been like people like, like, like we felt the way we felt about Donald Sterling before we found out he was a terrible person because he was such a terrible owner. That's right. not that that's not what it was for Mike and Charlotte. Um, I think, look, man, owners are kind of sort of owners. You think about the really good ones. Most of them are just dudes that own basketball teams. And Jordan, in a lot of ways, was just a dude that owned a basketball team. I feel like he traded that team to go down to a minority owner. So now he got more time to come show up at practice and hoop these dudes up when it's necessary for them dudes to come in and get hooped up. Because those are all the best Charlotte Hornet slash Bobcat stories is when Mike got mad and decided to come in and play with the second team. And like Steven Jackson will tell it too. Like, like, like Mike will come in and just, and just, I, uh, and, and ball these dudes up. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like, that's the thing is too. It's like, what are you going to say? Like, 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 chill out, Mike. We're trying to get some work in. No, like if Mike and Jordan want to come in and play you one-on-one or, 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 he wants someone just running a pickup. What you gonna say? Yeah, all right, right. come on, Mike. Let's do it. <laughs> all you could do is play hard and recognize you still might lose. He might not all be right. able to walk for four days afterwards, but you still might lose. All right. Well, speaking of old dudes playing with these young kids, what's going on with Dame in Portland? How's yo, that situation gonna pan out? Because it seems like it's two different things here. Yo, and I feel like Dave, Dave is kind of hinting on the because he 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 went too hard on the I want to do it here, I want to do it here. And I feel like he gives a lot of hints of like, I'd like to go somewhere else. And he comes out there and he's like, yeah, I would love to play with Bam Adebayo. And the Blazers are like, cool, let's try to trade for him. He's like, no, nah, it's not, it's not what I, it's not, it's not really what I, what I, what I was, what I was meaning. I mean, if Dane walks in and says, I want to leave, then you trade him. But they're the ones that I look at, like make a Zion run. Like if, if I don't know what exactly it takes for you to go ahead and do that, but I feel like if you could put Zion with Dame, and you got Chauncey Billups in place, we got the grown-ups here that can make this happen, right? There's a good chance that you can make that work. Um, That would be the play that I would be trying to make if I were them. If they can't get Zion, because this, I mean, I think Brandon Miller can be very good. I think the scoop can be very good. I'd probably still take the chance on Zion rather than put in for the number three pick, especially if I'm trying to keep Dame. But Dame... He waited a long time. Bless his heart mm-hmm. for his loyalty, right? Like he made the call that he wanted to, that he wanted to make. But now that he signed the contracts for all that money, I can't promise you that your chance to win a championship is out there. I just can't. And he's still really good, but I can't promise. Right. Him. right. And then the two, two things there with Dame. If he does stay, I, I don't see him staying in Portland if they if they can't trade for a Zion or someone of that ilk in the draft tomorrow. Like I don't I don't see him staying there or wanting to play with these young kids. Like, come on, like that's that's not gonna happen. And and to your point, the reason why the, the Zion makes so much sense is because even if it doesn't work out with Zion and Dame, and you then move Dame after next season, you still have a franchise player in Zion that you can build around. Because Zion's still what twenty two, like yes. or twenty two, twenty three. Like you still have a young enough guy to build on. We can give it a run with those with those two for a year or two, whatever, and still move on from from Dame. And it looks as though, like you mentioned, the Bam, like the like the Heat are a team that's been rumored. The only problem is, if in order to get Dame, you probably got to give up Bam, and I'm not sure if Miami is going to want to do that. And yeah, that's, well, and that's where and where a lot the intrigue lies with Dame is finding a, a landing spot for him. What would you be willing to give up for Dame? That's my question, right? Because he's what now at this point? Thirty-two. 
Yeah, like, what are you willing to give up for him at the dollars that he's about to get paid? He's not going to give you a lot on defense. He is giving you that guy that can get buckets and get late shots, and that is very, very important. But I'm trying to think of, like, who is a Damian Lillard away from really being able to contend for a championship? Well, I do, I do wonder, like, with Miami, you got you have Hero, you got some first-round picks, you got, you know, some, maybe some contracts there that you can make it work. But I just don't know if that's going to be enough to get Dame. Now, another landing spot, and we mentioned Harden before, like, if Harden does leave Philly, and if you're Philly, then that does clear up some salary cap there. You got, you got Harris's expiring contract. The only problem there, if you're Philly, what do you have that's that you can give up to get Dame? And are you willing to give up Tyrese Maxey? Like, are you willing to give up Maxey, Harris, draft picks, and then it's Embiid and Dame, and now you're you're hedging your bet on on an older Dame and Embiid, who we've seen has had problems staying healthy in the past. And does this also involve keeping James Harden? No, you would. I mean, you would probably have to if if that if Harden does leave, then that because I don't see Harden and and Dame playing together and and i don't yeah. i don't see you being able to land him I, I just don't see it so i would ship tyrese maxi out of there in a heartbeat to get that okay if i'm a, if i'm gonna try to do this with a little guard i'm gonna try to do this with dame lillard rather than do it with tyrese maxi like if that's what i'm gonna try to do you know the team that always got the assets to try to make it happen it's just they don't nobody really want to play for them and that is the up and coming oklahoma city thunder if you could put Dame and Shay together. But, but when, when, when have we seen, for the exception of that, you know, the, the Chris Paul trade, like Oklahoma City traded for veterans, like old dudes. Like, well, you got, you're going to have to make it work. Like, you're going to have to give like Oklahoma City, like the old doom and some other stuff to make it work for them. Well, hold on. It worked with Paul George. They did that. I guess he wasn't old at that point, but he was definitely like established vet. They made the Kendrick Perkins trade, you know, way back when, when they did that. But that was a team that absolutely um, needed. They made a offer trade. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like they, they, they needed grownups, but no, I could, uh, I could see them pulling that off. Cause the problem with, not the problem with Dame, but you can't put Dame next to another little guard like that's what we saw with the McCollum he and McCollum like it's not that either of them was the problem was that you couldn't be out there with them both you couldn't right. do that nobody wants to go play for the Thunder we get this we understand this but man it could be really interesting because their young guys are good they're coming mm -hmm. and Chet coming next year I told people I feel so bad for Chet Chet didn't even get to dribble a basketball in a regular season game before Big Vic came. We were like, ooh, Chet, it's so fascinating, right? Tall and skinny, it does all these things. <laughs> and then the next level of the evolution is coming over before he even got a chance. That is, to your point, that is a, a team that, that, I'm, that I'm interested in. And I think, too, with Chet, like, he was that superstar that, that folks were telling people about, but no one really watches Oklahoma City Thunder games. So it's like, hey, trust me, like, like this dude's good. Like, this dude's good. And and I and he was with an all-star this year. So folks are actually starting to take notice. It's just that folks don't really want to watch Oklahoma City games. No, I tell you this though, it's gonna once they see where this is going, they'll do mm -hmm. it. Like one thing about it, even after Kevin Durant left and they still had Westbrook, they remained a television draw. Like there's a generation of kids, they're not even really kids anymore. And I don't know how many of them are like still Thunder fans, but there's a generation that grew up with a good 10-year stretch where they only knew the Thunder as being good, like as long as the Thunder was the Thunder. 
That was right. all they knew is that they were good. They're just in Oklahoma City. Like, ain't no, like, ain't but so many people going to love them because they're local because it ain't that many people that's local. But there's got to be people out here that's like, yo, the Thunder, that's what I do. You know, that, that's the team I played <laughs> with on NBA Live. That's how a lot of these kids pick their teams is who they play with on NBA Live. Fact that you made an NBA Live reference. <laughs> wow, my bad. It's not called NBA Live anymore now, is it? It's not. You're right. You're like right. NBA Live. <laughs> wow. I can't believe that calling it NBA Live is such a situation to be dating myself as I remember when NBA Live, when NBA Showdown turned into NBA Live yeah, yeah, and the yeah. live was the new new. Right, because it was it was Bulls, Bulls versus Blazers. Well, actually, before yes. that, Bulls versus Lakers, Bulls versus Blazers. Then it became what the NBA showdown, and then yes. it was live, live ninety five. Yes. And 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 live ninety five was the first one that had the diagonal up the court where you got a, like a full view of it rather than the side camera. Yeah, I used to play with the the Chris Weber Golden State Warriors because I had Tim Hardaway, I had Spree, and I had Weber. Yes, what? and and I'm assuming you found that spot on the right wing where all the threes went in. Oh, absolutely. How could you not? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Real you know you know. Might- you might not have been buying the magazines. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the, like, as much as I would love to pick on these kids for how much they get into the game and this stuff, dog, we was out here getting magazines, Nintendo Power, Game Pro, all of them. Right, right. You sharing Konami codes and Capcom yes. codes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like, that, that's what we did. <laughs> yes. Now, right fast, before mm-hmm. we go, I sent this link to you, and I just want to read you guys a little bit of a story. That is in the Lufkin Daily News, Lufkin, Texas. Um, and apparently it started in the Nacogdoches paper. When Nacogdoches, a.k.a. Naka Nowhere, is where uh, Stephen F. Austin State University is. Shannon, I'm giving you this Texas game right now because you don't know uh-huh. about I'm, this I'm, right I'm, here. I'm people, all right. Yeah, Naka Nowhere. Anyway, uh, headline, hey, dateline, Nacogdoches. Stephen F. Austin State University assistant bowling coach Steve Lemke chose to resign rather than be fired this spring after the university discovered he had an affair with a student athlete. All right. All right. Here's the good part. Lemke, 38, who is married to head coach Amber Lemke. And I don't feel like I need to read nothing else. (laughs) Bill, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? How, how you think you was going to keep this on the low? <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> what did Big say? Don't, 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 don't sell where you rush your head at. Like, what are you doing? What, what are, you doing? are you doing? And I ain't never seen somebody make more excuses that nobody would ever believe than this guy. Listen to this one. I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to go to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code. Like we frown upon it, but there's no rule. There's no law broken. I'm sure there's a rule. There's absolutely a rule. Right, right. There might not be a law, but I'm sure there's a rule. It says consensual relationships between faculty and students at the college level are not prohibited under state law, but many universities have policies in place prohibiting those types of relationships. And look, a lot of professors married as students. I don't want to pretend like this is the rarest thing, especially on the grad school level. And that's where things get a little weird because we're not dealing with like adults and children necessarily, right? Like it's a it's a is a is a bit of a different space. But this is also funny. The affair with the bowler was discovered when Amber Lemke saw a text message from her on Steve from the student 
on Steve Lemke's phone. Quote, it didn't have anything in detail. It was just about how amazing I am, basically, in general perspective. Amber saw that and questioned me, and I got to the point where it just built up so much that I basically told her the truth after she dug through my phone. It was nothing incriminating. It was just telling her how awesome I am. What, you don't see that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, I don't understand why this man did an interview. What are you talking about? Your 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 whole game right now needs to be no comment because something mm-hmm. about this man tells me he gonna sue her for alimony. And see that, and, and to your point, like nothing about this dude. There's no chill with this dude. Judging by these quotes, like he's not gonna be the type that's gonna be a no comment dude. Like he's, <laughs> I think he appreciates the, one appreciates the attention. And like you said, old girl was like telling me how awesome I am. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yes, I am. So, of course, and then he had the gall to do this with an athlete on his wife's team, and his wife is the head coach. Like, that's your boss. Like, you're doing this, that's your boss. So, absolutely, this ain't a dude. This is a dude with no chill. He's a no chill all star. Absolutely. I cannot not imagine. Can you imagine how furious this woman was? And by the way, guys, before I forget, I want to read to you the headline from the story now that you know it is about a bowling coach. Fair relationship causes awkward split. Look, I'm sorry. You, you just have to know that after the editor wrote type that, because a lot of times the editors are the ones who do the headlines, he just shut the laptop like, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dragonfly Joe saying about stuff like that. Point your finger in the air like Larry Bird. You knew that shot was going in. You knew it, because at first I was like, I don't understand what it means. Then it was like, oh, this is incredible. Uh, <laughs> like, that still happens in this journalism world of 2023. Who yeah, knew? That's, that's the best sports headline since Tree Bites Man. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's the old callback there. Nice. Yeah. Well done. Your part. I think it's like the second time in a week that this has managed to come up somehow. Somehow we were talking about daddy age. Like I always say, hey, you you know a white dude got to be obnoxious when he a white basketball player. He ain't got no high. He'll be a lab beer, a couple other of those. Like, especially in that time, you know, back when white people still had some self-respect about basketball. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a totally different time, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally different. Oh, snap. Hey, man. That is my man, Shannon Pitt. Check him out. Canty and Carlin. Afternoons. ESPN Radio. My man, I greatly appreciate you. Uh, we're a couple of days away. Hopefully, um, my Knicks will be able to do something here in the draft. I appreciate you having me on. And um, maybe we'll win more than uh, than one playoff series. I just tell you, every, every, every draft has Ronaldo Balkman. And... Okay, I shouldn't have done that. And that's me closing the laptop. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I should have shut the laptop. Now I should have been the one to be like, <laughs> But hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Dan Stancic, Park Owens, and Adi Khan handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.